From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We are back and wrapping up with Lauren Langworthy of Blue Ox Organics and Moses and talking about how to connect the various resource dots in our farming community. From training programs to working with farmers in Africa, Lauren shares how to strategically approach learning opportunities with an open mind and heart. Lauren and her husband own 153 acres in Wheeler, Wisconsin. Their grass-based farm includes a rotationally grazed 200 ewe flock of sheep, small beef herd, hay, cover crops, and wooded areas. When she isn't in the office or in the fields, Lauren is a visual and fiber artist, nature enthusiast, and an active member and District 2 director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. So we are back to wrap up with Lauren Langworthy of Blue Ox Farm and her Moses hat as well in a topic that I you do so well, Lauren, and is so inspiring of Connecting the resource dots, shall we say, of always being open to and looking for, and most importantly, acting on opportunities, particularly under the farming tent, right? Because we can talk more about this, but I know like you've participated in the National Farmers Union, their beginning farmer institute, the BFI program. You recently came back from Africa on a farmer project there, and maybe... Tell us a little bit more about those two, because those may inspire other women to keep those on their radar. But let's start off with the the why in that and the how of uh, you just have a knack for keeping things as options or I don't know what what kind of advice or drive would you give on that? Yeah, um, well, I would say that this, you know, Farmer resources. This is kind of a passion of mine. Uh, I think one of my favorite things is listening to someone's needs, concerns, you know, an issue that they'd like to resolve. Maybe they've got a road that's eroding on their farm or they need a new fence or something. And being able to connect them to some resource that's out there. Just say, you know, have you looked at this organization, that program, a grant, whatever, and then letting them go chase it down. Um, because that's such an empowering thing to realize that there's an opportunity out there that could solve your need. And when you start to run after those things, you know, I recommend running after all of them and not every rabbit hole is going to have wonderland, but you know, go, go check it out, see what's there. Um, and for those things that fit, you know, it can really just grow and snowball. And it seems like every opportunity leads to another. And um, if you never chase down that first one, you don't get the rest of them. So, But you're talking too smartly about strategically looking at resources and not, Mm -hmm. like you were saying about helping people identify what their need is. 
and then connecting that with the resource versus the the shiny object syndrome, do you know? Oh, or yeah. the, oh, there's this opportunity. Great. What can I create to fit that opportunity? And I, it's easy, right? We're all mm-hmm. guilty of that of like, sure, why not? Or I know we get a lot of questions via our Moses hats, particularly of women of sort of, well, what grants are there, are there out there for women farmers? Well, A, not really in the sense of a free money tree, but B, mm-hmm. to your point, the more important question is, well, what do you need? You know, not yeah. just what's out there, uh, but to do it, like you're saying, strategically. Yeah, I, I think it's extremely important to be strategic about it because, like I said, there's so many rabbit holes you can run down, but not everyone is going to be worth your time. And so you can put a lot of energy into pursuing some resource opportunity, uh, whatever, and and really just miss out on all of that expended energy and time if it isn't going to help you further what you're trying to do. And so I think it's really, really important to start with, well, what do I need? Um, And from there, we can figure out a hundred different ways to push the needle a little bit closer to what you need. They might not all be the, you know, perfect fit that gets you all the way there, but we can get a lot of steps in um, if, if we're strategic. So yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. And, um, you know, to be a farmer, you already have to be driven. You have to be self-motivated. You have to have some sort of vision. You have to have some goals, some values. So you should have the majority of what you need to figure out what you need. <laughs> I mean, Easier you're already partway there. Done, but yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. So to backtrack, talk us through what the BFI, the Beginning Pharma Institute project is with not BFI, F-U-E. F-U-E. I, F-U-E is the one that I've... That's right. We don't have to edit this out because they're all acronyms within the National Farmers Union, but you are right. I apologize. <laughs> so let's start okay. fresh with that acronym Okay. and explain it. The best, right, I'll backtrack for a second. BFI is another project National Farmers Union has, Beginning Farmer Institute, uh, which is another opportunity for beginning farmers. But mm-hmm. year one is very unique for couples. Yeah, so this is um, the FUE is Farmers Union Enterprises, and um, it's a little bit complicated to explain it all. We'll just call it FUE for now. Um, and if anyone's interested, they should reach out to Farmers Union to learn a little bit more about it. But um, they the FUE program basically has developed a leadership training for beginning farmers, and they take you for a little over a year. It's almost two years. Um, starts out with some communication training. Um, what kind of communication style do I have? My partner. Um, how do we communicate with others? How do we read? How they best communicate? You know, just to to try and make sure that what we're trying to say, we're actually saying, um, because a very simple miscommunication can go really <laughs> off the tracks pretty quickly if you're not careful. So, so we start with that and uh, learn a little bit about conflict and and conflict resolution, and then it, it the program sort of grows and snowballs through the course of the time that you're in it, and um, and every year. There are five states that contribute to this, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. They each send a couple. The first time that you meet, you're meeting with last year's exiting couple and all of your new group coming in for the first time. And like I said, you learn about communication, conflict, um, and then eventually start developing um public speaking skills and learning Robert's rules of order to, to lead a meeting effectively and, and how you can utilize all of these little pieces um, 
And as a group, you start to talk about, well, what are issues that are facing agriculture? And how can we, across these five different states, start to push push the envelope mm. a little bit on these concerns that we're having? As We've all been identified as leaders. How do we make something happen here? And it's been really phenomenal uh, for myself, especially because we are far and away the youngest couple in the group, and we are far and away the smallest farm in the group. Um, you know, we're all the way up to 10,000 acres of wheat production, and and that's an entirely different beast of a farm than what I'm trying to run. And it's very easy for farmers to look at the other and say, well, you know, they're doing crop farming. They don't understand us as a small grass-based, you know, sustainable farm. They, they just couldn't understand and it's true, they, they might not understand, but that's because we're not communicating. And so to get in the room with all of these different people who are interested in leading um, all at once and talk about what issues are affecting us and realize there are a lot more similarities than there are differences, mm. start to build that coalition, um, it's been really exciting. So for example, with our group, we realized imports are an issue, whether you're uh, raising a whole bunch of Angus beef out on the rangeland, or whether you're doing something organic. You know, organic has been having issues with imports as well. So maybe we're all interested in country of origin labeling. Maybe that's something we all want to push forward. Well, let's solve that problem that we all share before we solve the problems that we differ on. So that's, yeah, that's been yeah. a really fun program for us. And so from the resource perspective, that uh, helped you and in your interests in both the learning aspect, but the leadership and the, we were talking about it earlier, about the getting off our organic island and just connecting with yeah. other viewpoints. Yeah, and, and developing a cohort of other leaders in other states, a network that I can reach out to from here on out. These are people mm. I know now, you yeah. know, and I wouldn't have met a farmer on the rangeland in Montana just out of nowhere necessarily. Um, it, you have to make an effort. And so, so yeah, that's been a really fun uh, resource for us that kind of, you know, came out of nowhere and someone just, we went to another training where they mentioned the program and said, well, how do we apply for that? And, you know, we'll apply. And if they don't select us, that's fine, but we'll try. Um, so we tried and they selected us and, and pretty soon this has become a really influential piece of what we're doing and where we want to go. And, um, pretty soon here in September, we'll, we'll be going on a fly into Washington, DC with all this, these FUE leaders. And we're going to be promoting things that we've decided using the skills that we've been developing. And, uh, that's really cool. That's really awesome. What oh, an exercise. Hey, I think it's cool that you'll be shaking things up on Capitol Hill. We all agree. <laughs> we need that. That's great. And you've also done a great job of connecting those dots when it comes to resources of various, shall we say, USDA acronyms of programs and oh, resources yeah. too. How, what advice would you give somebody who still thinks all that is alphabet soup as far as I have conservation goals, I have land stewardship needs. Mm -hmm. How can I connect those with programs and inherently our tax dollars are funding, right? Yeah. Well, I guess, um, you know, I understand that not everyone is very comfortable using government funds to, to support their operation. And that's fine. That's a choice that everyone gets to make. But, um, for myself as a beginning farmer, getting into agriculture without a family farm to step into and with really no infrastructure whatsoever, uh, there were a lot of capital needs that, that my farm needed 
if it was going to be successful. And so I wasn't ready to, to turn my nose up, I guess, at any opportunity. So, so my husband and I dug in and we did a bunch of research and we learned about so many programs that are out there. And we also learned that programs like NRCS, Natural Resource Conservation Service, they'll lose their dollars if they don't spend them. So the next time the budget rolls around, they won't have as much money. And that money could go to grazing on a small farm like ours, or it could go to a really large manure lagoon. And the people working in that office want to spend that money and they want to see good things happen in conservation. And us going in their door is really us offering them a service because they want to give us that money. (laughs) All we have to do is apply for it. And um, that money helped us put fences on our farm. It's helping us put in watering systems. It's helped us with cover cropping, um, rotational grazing, getting mobile fencing. I mean, there are a lot of really amazing opportunities if you're interested, if you're willing. Um, And I think most of our farms could use a little infrastructure help. So NRCS stands for? Natural Resource Conservation Service. And that is under the USDA, so same office. Probably that your FSA, um, which is Farm Service Agency. Uh, And, you know, they primarily provide loans, loans to purchase farms, loans um, for equipment, breeding livestock, um, annual operating loans, micro loans to buy like a high tunnel, something like that. Um, and so they're another great resource. I also county conservation. Most counties have a, a conservation office that does similar things to NRCS. Sometimes they'll even work together on projects. And then, I mean, there, there are hundreds of them. Pheasants Forever is a great place to find out which um, which conservation programs you should be looking at. They're kind of a dot connector as an organization. Um, Fish and Wildlife, our local one, um, actually has a drill, a no-till drill that we can use to intercede our pastures or plant cover crops. So that's been, I mean, there are just so many resources out there. I, if you want to do on-farm research, you should look at SARE. I mean, there's just... I could go on all day. (laughs) We are getting the alphabet soup, but we knew that. Sustainable Agriculture Research Education. Uh, Going back to what you were saying initially of identifying what your needs are and then seeing what resources can help support that. And resources go beyond just cash, right? I mean, we tend to, I know we all could use more of that, fair enough. And we tend to focus on that, but thinking beyond that Mm -hmm. of expertise and other resources. One thing I was pushes with a lot of events, conferences, the Moses conference or in her boots workshop, anything you want to go to, especially as a woman farmer, especially as a woman farmer attending for the first time is ask for scholarships, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's and volunteerships, volunteerships. Totally. We don't even think about that. There's anything educational in a, conference class setting that you want to attend, there's a lot of ways for you to get there that don't involve just writing a check, especially if you don't have that, you know, so uh, don't ever be discouraged by the price tag of of something like that, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, That's great. And, And to that idea you started off with of, it's not, it's obviously not just us, but it's that constant opportunity to help others connect resource dots yeah once we get once we get on this this train i i find the same thing where i love that and that's so uh empowering and satisfying and all of that and on the flip side i've learned to to not (laughs) not be a resource pusher in the sense of you 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 summed it up very nicely like to 
to connect people, give them a resource, give every opportunity for asking questions and leave it at that too, because things do need to be self-initiated. I, uh, it's easy when you find something and you find somebody and in your own mind, they connect, but people need to be ready at the right time yeah. to do it. Well, and I think too, um, I don't know, women, we, we can act as enablers sometimes yes, and totally, in me. not a healthy way. And, yeah. and if you want to be a farmer, it's going to be a lot of hard work and you're going to have to be creative and you're going to have to take these opportunities and, and run with them, whether it's a field day or, or, you know, a, a SARE grant, I, it, whatever that opportunity is, you're going to need to know which ones are right for you and to go for them and which ones aren't. Um, like I said, which ones are going to waste your time. And, and so I, I don't want to be in a, a position where I'm forcing people to go down paths that, they're that aren't working for them because that's just going to get them in a place they're not supposed to be. So, so rather to, to offer up resources and to be available and, and for all of us to understand this network is just full of so much amazing information. We just have to be asking. Yep. And sharing. It's funny where I live in Southern Wisconsin, we have a local woman in ag list servant. This happened twice in the last year where I saw somebody post about something they had received. In one case, it was a kind of a community gardening project grant and then a Sarah Farmer Rancher grant. And I was just sending a note saying, that's awesome. And then I go, oh yeah, remember you posted that a year ago? I'm like, oh yeah, but wait, I didn't push it on you. You know, people who can see a resource and say, yeah, that's what I need, act on it. And then share when they happen. That's like bonus full circle. Mm -hmm. But to keep doing that is what, we we do, but we need to keep doing. And two, to your, I know, policy nerd side as well, is to keep fighting for funding for a lot of these projects. Yeah. Particularly programs like SARE and, well, all those acronyms we mentioned mm-hmm. uh, as people who both use and importantly benefit from all kinds of resource programs, we need to advocate for them. Right. And I think it's a lot easier to become an advocate when you've had the advantage of utilizing them or when you've seen other people. I mean, it doesn't have to be personal, but when you see how your neighbor has gone from, I don't know how I'm going to put a fence in to, I have a fence. That, that's a big turning point for an operation if, if that's what you need. Um, and then it becomes much easier as a citizen to say, hey, that's an important project and I want to make sure that we continue to support farms like that. You bet. Terrific. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.